Go from there. Wait, from where? From here. From here? Just do... do start it over. Do, okay. do the whole thing. Okay. Do the bit. Repeat after me. Twit that it was... Twer- <laughs> but- You're already messing it up! <laughs> you can't even do the... You can't it's, even do so the so mean. Part. You're so mean. I tried to make now, your bit repeat work. after me, son. Repeat, Hobie. Hobie, Hobie. Repeat after me. Say the line exactly as I say it. What did it was so simple? Would that it twer so simple? Why? Why are you saying it like that? Why are you saying twer? Twer. Would that it twer so simple? Would that it twer so simple? You're saying it too well. <laughs> okay, it's more like would that would that it twer so sam so sample so sample <laughs> so wild. Would that it twer so sample? <laughs> well, that's why I wanted you to do his part. Well, it's here's wilder. here's the thing about this movie. It's complicated. Hi, I'm John. And I'm Bethany. And this is... Home Communism. Home Caesar. This is Home Viewing, a podcast where we watch all of the movies in our library in nearly alphabetical order. In completely alphabetical order. Don't fact check us. Don't question our methods. They're sound. You don't actually know the alphabet. The alphabet is a construct created by first Greeks and then Romans. Romans. (laughs) Which brings us back to the movies. Oh, God. The Coen Brothers 2016 outing. Oh, so it wasn't the 17. Yeah, remember because we thought it was part of the uh, great year of cinema. No, no, you didn't. You thought that. I didn't think that. Because I know that. You were were going along with it. You were like, yeah. Well, no, we were just naming movies from that year because we were (sighs) talking. Listen, we all know what Channing Tatum's best performance was in that year. And it was as Jim and Logan. Logan Lucky. I like the song because it's a good song. Yeah, I like the story. You might have listened. Bit, you shouldn't have watched that recently because we're probably coming up on that. I did watch that recently. I did watch Logan Lucky recently. I watched it. I mean, we've still got three whole letters. Do we have any K movies? You know, now that you say it, I don't know that we do have any K movies. But we still have, like, a few left in H. We still have J. You know, it's not too late to obtain a Knight's Tale. It is not too late. Anyone can change their stars. Mm-hmm. Or the order of this podcast. But this is a fun movie. This is an ensemble film. Kind of. Kind of an ensemble film. In that a lot of people have a lot of medium-sized parts. Though <laughs> the lead actor really is Josh Brolin, I would say. As Eddie Mannix. Um... Set in early 1950s Hollywood with a fictionalized version of Eddie Mannix. I was actually doing some reading up on the actual Eddie Mannix. Yeah. Edgar Mannix. He was not a good dude. Yeah, I figured. He was quite bad, connected to a lot of murders and forced abortions. Um, What? Yeah. Yikes. (laughs) That's wild. I wasn't... Mm-hmm. Apparently, he, he and his wife had lots of affairs and stayed married... 
because they were very Catholic and didn't believe in divorce. He had two wives, though, because one of his wives died before the divorce could be officially filed. Uh oh. He may have been involved in Uh-oh. the death of the actor who played Superman in the Adventures of Superman TV series because he was having an affair with his wife. Oh my. But. God. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. <gasps> he was a bad man. <laughs> he was a bad man, Athena. This Eddie Mannix, though, is Edward Mannix, who is a much better man who just wants to, you know, make good movies. Make good, wholesome, <laughs> wholesome fare, you know, because our movies are going to be the way that people reach this story, you know, and we just want to make sure that we make something that won't offend any American. Gosh, that that is hilarious. This is, it's so fun. It's a satire. It absolutely is a satire, but it's also kind of respectful in a way. Like it shows how absolutely ridiculous these productions of old Hollywood were. Like all these, like the water ballet, the um. The Roman epic that's at, that's a tale of the Christ. Well, you say how the like how that was ridiculous, but they're still doing the most ridiculous things. No, absolutely, absolutely, they are. Like it's just a I, continuation. That's kind of the point of it, isn't it? Like I was, I was reading like one of my favorite film critics, David Sims, thinks it's like yeah, they think the movies are ridiculous, but they think they're also important too. They're doing important work, even if it is silly. While a lot of critics. And perhaps my father um, <laughs> interpreted it as they're just making fun of and showing their hatred for the movies, you know, for this age. Which I suppose, if you were reading it at a, the most surface of levels, yeah, and not really paying attention. To I the feel like this was a movie to like make fun of critics, honestly. Kind of, but I think it was. I think it's fun though because you know, in the end, the point of it is he chooses to stay in the business, like. Mm-hmm. Like, they have the Lockheed guy saying, oh, it's a circus. The Lockheed guy who's trying to recruit Eddie Mannix, this, you know, this professional Hollywood fixer, to go work for them and make a, run a business, not a circus. Not do all this frivolous work in the middle of the Cold War, you know? But instead, he still chooses. He's like, this is a harder job, but it feels right. Even if it's not, like, the most important work in the world. But I kind of think that the argument the Coens were making is like, yeah, this is silly work, but it is important work, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, that's been a great episode. No. <laughs> well, to give everyone some context, what are some what are what are some other like popular Cohen movies? Okay, popular Cohen Brothers movies. Well, I mean, Fargo is what really put them on the scene. Uh, yeah, popular Cohen movies. <laughs> I mean, the one that probably everyone has seen would be um Oh, brother, where are you? Yeah, that's the that's, that's what I thought you were going to say. Absolutely, their best known. Um, and I think it was their first working with Clooney, actually, because I think oh. that came before uh, Burn After Reading and Intolerable Cruelty. They have made a lot of movies. We have not seen all of yeah. them. They made the remake of True Grit, which also also had Josh Brolin in it. I've seen True Grit. Yeah, you've, we've both seen True Grit. Yeah. and they made um, No Country for Old Men, mm-hmm. great movie, also with Josh Brolin. <laughs> um. Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Clancy Brown shows up in that one, and he shows up in this one, too. Um, I was also... I think the standout of the movie, the first time I saw it, because we saw this in theaters. Mm-hmm. I think the Michael Gimbon narration is interesting, especially because we're so familiar with him after, you know, watching eight Harry Potter movies. <laughs> yeah, the in- Six of which he's in. The vo- a voice which is, re- like, immediately recognizable. It's like, Did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? 
Eddie Maddox. That, that, no. That was... You put it on a goblin fire? No. Anyway. <laughs> um, I also remember seeing this in movie theaters. It was like, starts, it opens in a confessional, and I'm just like, oh, so this is a Catholic movie. It's a Catholic movie. I David, Not really, but... I mean, David of. Sims made a really good point, too. He's like, they always are... The uh, characters in Coen movies are always... Oh, Big Lebowski. Forgot about that one. The characters in Coen Brothers movies are always sort of like grappling with higher powers and asking questions of higher powers. And Eddie Mannix, it's very clear that he answers to multiple higher powers, God and Mr. Skank, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Skank being the New Yorker who's in charge of the film studio. Yeah. It's interesting because they... May- because some choices come down from that level that don't necessarily make sense. So we just had to cut for some dog noise there. But you were mentioning something about the dialogue in the movie. About the writing. <laughs> it's 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 interesting. Well, no, because this brings up, like... I feel like it's so easy to say this is a fun and funny movie. This is a good movie that makes some good points. Because it's kind of disjointed, in a way. Oh, yeah. It's no. really... And, and it's... It would take so long to address every single part of the movie. I feel like I was being tugged from one area to the next and not necessarily in a cohesive manner. But that's also because, you know, they're on a film lot. Yeah, no, I feel like I was driving from one part of the film lot to the other the whole time. Yeah, with multiple films Mm -hmm. in production in multiple different genres. Like, the first one we see is Hail Caesar itself when he's in the screening screening room. So, Hail Caesar, the film within the film, Hail Caesar. So, okay. So, there's Hail Caesar, which is the movie that we watched. And then there is the costume drama studio epic that they're <laughs> making, starring Baron Whitlock, that's Clooney, um, Hail Caesar, colon, A Tale of the Christ. Yeah, what even? Well, it's it's just... It's too much. It's like Ben-Hur. It's Ben-Hur. Ugh. They're making Ben-Hur. We all saw how that turned out. Mm. Well, it's just funny, though, because I think the first part where we see him really doing the business is when he brings is when he's talking with his secretary and he's like, bring in a Protestant padre, we've got the Catholic League <laughs> and a rabbi. And they're like... The idea is to confirm that the script is not offensive. But like at the heart of it is this philosophical question. It's like, who is Jesus, really? So, you know, <laughs> in this kind of hokey satire about old Hollywood, we're also getting at the question of like, what is God? Who is God? How does he work? Do- my favorite part being, of course, when the uh, Catholic priest is like, Jesus is not just, is not God, but rather the son of God. So they're like, so is he God or the son of God? He's both and he's neither. <laughs> and it's like, because that's, those are the kind of discussions that we had in Catholic school. Oh, like when no. we were learning theology in like freshman year of high school. Oh boy. But those are the kind of things that you hear from priests when they're trying to explain theology. It's like, God, God hates everyone. No, God is love. God is love. Well, it's funny because they, like, they're, they're supposed to be separate from showbiz, right? But in fact, they are part of showbiz. Yeah. They run an entire, like, you know, movie like, set. I, I think it's I think it's interesting because Eddie Mannix is like, it'll be told in a way that it's never been told before. And then the patriarch <laughs> says, well, what about the Bible? He's like, the Bible's great, but you just think about how many people are going to, this is going to reach, you know? It's just <laughs> interesting comparing this idea of the pictures as religion and that's that's a parallel that's drawn a lot of the time because you know 
he's going to confession nightly. 24 hours. Like, the priest at the, end, at the end makes the joke when he says, it's been 24 hours since my last confession. The priest says, it's really too much, son. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> but, but there's the scene where he's on the set of the... Um, of, Cal- of the Hill of Calvary, you know? Mm-hmm. And he's on the set when he's considering whether or not he's going to take the job offer from Lockheed, praying his rosary, and he looks up to the three crosses against the matte painting. <laughs> and it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. But that, you know, these are his religion. These pictures are the idea that these stars, just like movie stars give people good things and al- allow people to live good lives and stuff like that. The idea that he's providing this service... In a way, it's just it's just interesting. Yeah, it's, it's a funny point, like about the vital service they're providing. No, the people that uh, the reviews on this that say it's not, it's like a satire with like five jokes thrown in, just clearly didn't get the rest of the jokes. <laughs> oh no, this is such a funny movie. Yeah. I laugh a lot watching this movie. Uh, the cast is stacked. Um, yeah, like, stacked just, on stacked on stacked. Like uh, Ray Fiennes. Everyone is like a familiar Channing face. Channing Tatum. And the faces that aren't familiar are also freaking great. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the first movie I ever saw Alden Ehrenreich in. Yeah. And he is... I don't know what else. He's been in a few others, but I mean, the big one is Solo, other than this one. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where have I been? This is the role that probably... Let's be honest. Yeah, this is the role got that him got that him job. Solo. <laughs> Steven Spielberg actually discovered him in a bot mitzvah comedy video when he was like 13. God... <laughs> What a way. Ridiculous, right? I really in, enjoyed this. Uh, enjoy his performance in this. Uh, the uh, see, He he opens up as like a horse stunt rider. Like, just a, you know, a western star doing handstands on Whitey. Ugh. The horse. He's not actually doing those stunts though, is he? No, he no. absolutely yeah. no. is not. That'd be a cool hidden talent. Now, I think Alden Ehrenreich's real talent in this one is the accent. You know, I'll, <laughs> give, I'll give her another go. You you want me to get all, get another leg up on her? You know, not quite. But <laughs> I'm gonna go get a plate of beans. Oh my god, that was the most like non Hollywood thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Is it hard to dance with those burners on your head? <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, you buy Hobie Doyle though. Yeah, you buy him as this like pure uncynical kid just hanging out but who has an edge to him maybe especially when he's like you know what i would look at the extras so he's the last person that you think is gonna put it all together yeah but he's actually an observer like he's like he comes off as simple but he's you know because he's in the background because he's always around and people are just themselves in front of him it's like he's sort of understands their nature a Mm -hmm. little bit I always like that. The Co- the Coens give value to like every character is is what I feel like. Like especially like the working characters. Like they really like them. They oh, just don't really like women that much. Mm. All four female characters. Well, three, I guess. No, four. 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 Scarjo, the Tilda Swinton. That's two Mirage. characters. That's two characters. But that's one person. Okay, but even counting one person, there are four because Joel Cohen's wife, wife Frances, shows up for. Oh us. yes, oh yes. <laughs> As well, in a real, in a realistic role in Hollywood, because editors were traditionally women. Editors were usually women. 
Now, does she almost die in that scene and have to be saved by Joe? That, it's Frohman? hilarious, but... It's absolutely hilarious. She's like, oh, maybe I shouldn't wear scarves. I think there would still be more women in the, um... Like, the... Like, but like moving around food and, like, prepping the extras and stuff. I see it's your point. entirely male-heavy. And, I yeah, I know there weren't, like... There's plenty of female movie stars, though. Yeah. Well, and I mean, there's that one girl on the couch, the whoever she is. Yeah. She's still a who. She just happened to show up in this movie. Mary Lou something. <laughs> it's it's funny. The dialogue yeah. is funny. The jokes are good. Um, I think let's let's just do a quick count of like all the genres that we went through. Because we open with the Roman with Roman, the Roman epic. And then after that, I think the first production that we see other than that, I think we see Hobie mm-hmm. doing in the, the Western. western. And there's the period piece. Well, but before the period, we get to the period piece, we see the water ballet. Oh, and the uh, the sailor thing. And then the sa- the, the Gene Kelly sailor yeah. musical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bert, Bert, Man, Bert Channing Tatum. They needed more of that. That's all um, I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> and, that was incredible. And then I think that's the, the productions that we see. But there's also the implication of, you know, the Brazilian, like, Carmen Miranda-style mm-hmm. musical pictures with Carlotta. There's... Just a lot going on. We just on. don't see that one. Because we only have one POC character in this movie. Uh, okay, fair. Hollywood was very white at the time, though. I still feel like there was more POC people than that. <laughs> just from... Well, uh, the guy... The I Love Lucy husband. Wasn't he? Does he? Yeah. Does he or not? Yeah. That was that time. That's fair. That's a fair it's point. It's a lot of people. They're, they're missing some people. Okay. You raise a fair point. Apparently there's zero black people in Hollywood, too, this time, somehow. Oof. It's real bad. It's it is, real bad. It is pretty it's pretty bad. bad. It's a very white movie. Yeah, it's... Oh, I'm, I'm a little blind. I'm surprised how blind you are to this. I, 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 so just generally, I really like this movie a lot. It's so entertaining to Well, me. the costuming is great, if we haven't already talked about that. Twelve weeks of work before the production even started, because she had to make costumes... Not just for this movie, but for the movies that are filmed inside of this movie. So she had to make the costumes for all the, the different Inception periods. The Inception movies. Oh, the, um, oh, I'm just thinking, the, there are tricks that they use, and I was reading about, there are tricks that they used to make it look like it was an old Hollywood thing. So, like, there's a green screen, screen scene where, um, where Hobie's driving. It's, like, all the signs and stuff are green scene, but it's screened. But it's made to look like... One of those old style like projection driving scenes, like what you would see in like Casablanca or something. Yeah, you like could that. see another car in the background, uh-huh, exactly. Which is what's his face speeding like the other direction to get to mm-hmm. something else. I think I I really liked um, I really liked a lot of Richard Deacon's cam Roger Roger Deacon's who the cinematographer who uh, is well known for working on with previous What even is movies. a cinematographer? He's the one who does all the actual camera work and all the lighting and the shooting and, and like creates like the color palette and stuff. So Roger Deakins is known for working with the Coens. He's worked with them on Big Lebowski, but what he's most known for, well, he, sh- he shot the Goldfinch too, but we won't talk about that. We, we can't talk about it because we haven't seen it. It was only here for a day, apparently. <laughs> and, you know... It- if a Someone wouldn't not, let me see it the weekend it came out, and we're not going to hey, name I names. I was going through a lot of stuff at the time. you can't guess who. I was going through a lot of stuff at the time. We couldn't decide on any movies to see because, like, three movies came out around that time that we wanted to see. But we should have gone for the one that was going to flop first. 
I don't think we expected it to flop as hard as it did. Mm. I mean, I did a little after the film festival reviews, but like, people don't want to see dramas anymore. People? People don't. People? Like, I don't even know if it was actually that bad because I'll never know. I won't know until it comes out on TV. <laughs> I'll never get to see it on a big screen to decide whether it was bad or not. So thank you. <laughs> thank you, America, for being jerks. I know you like Ansel, though. You yeah, just, you just really... and what's her face? Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman, mother of everyone. Celeste. Museums. I love. I love any movie with a museum in it. <laughs> but on the other hand, we saw Hustlers last weekend, and that was really good. Banging. Okay, let's get back to the movie we we're talking about. The movie we were talking about. Yeah. I also liked that they really tried doing that old Hollywood makeup. Yeah. <laughs> it was very evident in like. Um, Channing Tatum's number. You oh, see all absolutely. the bronzer on their faces. All the bro- when, he the takes, when he takes off his hair and like oh, that, the, the, his hat, the hair sticks up like two bird we wings. We haven't even talked about Speaking of his bird, communist club. Oh, the communist club. Then they kidnap oh, George they, Clooney's They kidnap George character. Clooney's character for a ransom <laughs> of $100,000. Which is probably not even a million in that time's money. Mm, uh, uh, or about, maybe. Uh, uh, at least a million in But, nine. like, not a lot for a movie star. <laughs> They're just, like... The briefcase. I think about that briefcase. Like, it's a nice briefcase. The grip. Uh, that's the, uh, That cracks me up that Hobie calls everything that's a bag a grip. <laughs> the alligator briefcase that he had to close with Hobie's belt. Because <laughs> it was so overstuffed with cash. The Communist Club. Though. Okay. George Clooney's character is kidnapped by extras. <laughs> Because no one's watching them. No one watches the extras. <laughs> you know, I know the crew, man. I see them every day. Gosh. Extras could be anybody. Now, I'm not saying they're all bad. There's good extras. There's bad extras. It's another God thing. That's it's like It's like the judgment like oh. day kind of thing. God, they, they play so much. with The writing is so, so funny. good. It's so tight. And... The uh oh the the scene because you, you've got like David Crumholtz in there you know the guy who played the elf in the Santa Claus, um and then you've got Fisher Stevens like just a just a, a barn full of character actors for these a um, barn full a barn full of character actors you know you know you oh do some wrangling God. and then they they saw me wrangling they they uh they you know they said I had a look to me they realized I could say words but so, the best you know part... I was I was bad clam or. Shit, deputy number two. Then they they heard I could sing. And oh my they're God. a wimp. Jeez. Willie, they got Willie Watson to do his singing parts. I'm you sure. You confirm that? I didn't confirm it, but I am sure of it mm. because that was Willie Watson's voice. What if he's just that, that talented? Coming out of that voice vocal cord. <laughs> it also lines up when you consider that they had Willie Watson playing the Man in Black in uh, Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Well, see, that's just entirely what you're going after. But I like that the Communist Club has uh, cucumber sandwiches. With the crusts cut off. With the crusts cut off. Cucumber finger sandwiches. And then like... A little dog named Angles. And Ugh. instead of trying to escape right away, George Clooney's character's like, I'm gonna hang out with them. <laughs> and then only when he's like, well, you know, I need to get back. The studio's kind like, of... Like, you think that he's like well, trying he... to play it cool and like get <clears throat> them to take him back. Well... Well, the thing is, he doesn't realize he's been kidnapped at first. Because <laughs> they talk about this, they're like, they assume when he's gone, they're like, oh, is he just on another bender? Because <laughs> he's, 
he just is God. like, oh, I'm here. You know, I'll hang out with everybody. I must have ended up here somehow. And only when he asks to leave do they bring up, well, actually, technically, we can't let you. <laughs> but them explaining their version of communism is so ridiculous because they're not communists. They're libertarians. <laughs> they're libertarians who... <laughs> because as they're like, yeah, the studio owns the means of production. I'm like, okay, yeah, you're right. He's like, yeah, and we, the writers, created these stories. So we are entitled to the money that's coming from these stories. Yeah, no, no, that's it's not... Like, mm. And they're making a... De- they, it's like they've almost got it. They've almost got it that they're like, yeah. They're like a labor union. Well, they're like... But they're not even quite a labor union. No, they're... Because they're more interested in money for themselves. They're, yeah. like, talking about direct action and practice. It's, it's like, not... And funny. through our direct action, we're going to benefit ourselves. <laughs> and it's like, are you really interested in overthrowing this corrupt system? Or are you interested in working Profiting within this, cor- this corrupt system and getting your bag? You know? Or your grip. Your grip. <laughs> wow. It's... And but then it's easy to use the communists as like a ridiculous, a ridiculous and like bumbling foe. It's easy to do because that's what was done, you know. Especially if you look at like the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Oh man, talking about communists makes me want to watch Doctor Strange Love. I mean, Channing Tatum is effectively. Well, I shouldn't say this because yeah. I don't want to get sued. But Chan- there, there is an argument. There's to another be made. art piece that he's in. Logan Lucky? No. Yeah, no, no we the, need to watch more of Comrade Detective. Yeah, absolutely. Comrade Detective. But I would say that Logan Lucky is also an argument for the uh, working class attempting to seize the means of production and en- enriching themselves off of the uh, bad practices of their capitalist overlords. So, Logan Lucky is a great film. Logan Lucky is a Marxist film. <laughs> watch Logan Lucky. Oh my god. I'm going to make this argument every episode until we uh. get there. We got a lot of movies to get to to get it. through until then. We got to watch Logan before we watch Logan Lucky. What if we make them a double feature? Logan and Logan. They couldn't be more different. They are two entirely different. Yeah, films. but it's a theme. Is it though? The Logans. No, no, we're not doing. That. Why not? Before you try and make a nonsensical double feature that only is linked by name, we should probably go ahead and take a trip to the concession stand. Good, I'm getting thirsty anyway. Hey, Alex, you love Harry Potter, right? Yeah. Want to listen to a new Harry Potter podcast? No. Oh. But Sorted is not a Harry Potter podcast, but instead a podcast about everything else viewed through the lens of Harry Potter. Cool. What does that mean? It means we're going to sort things. Ash Ketchum's a Slytherin. Shrek's a Gryffindor. Your dog is a Hufflepuff. And all Ravenclaws are robots. Come check out Sorted, not a Harry Potter podcast. On the Pocket Podcast Network. So you were thirsty. But do you know who was thirsty in this movie? Scarlett Johansson. (laughs) And she was thirsty for Jonah Hill. (laughs) Jonah Hill is on screen for maybe two minutes and turns in such a funny turn. You know? Every everybody in this movie really chews the scenery up, like with their funniness. And I say choose the scenery. Jonah didn't chew any scenery. He was just kind of there. He was the scenery. He he absolutely he was though. Giving this wonderful deadpan while he was being a professional person. <laughs> it was like it was a legal fiction. That makes me want to watch um 
God, what is it? Jump Street. 21 Jump Street? Yes. Oh, Channing and Jonah. I'm ready for this. Oh. How long till we get there? T. T for 20. Wait, not... Wait. Oh, it is called 21. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's a we'll long time till we get to 21 it. Jump Street. We're gonna make it through all our movies. We, we have to. We have to? We have to. Listen... We'll the be- Eldritch Scroll that we signed in blood when we got married last we'll be year. Be like seventy-two. Producer Daniel knows about it. She was there. She witnessed this. You wouldn't think a pastor would indulge in a satanic ritual like that, but like, you know, this is That's what happens. That's not funny. You should, you should need to cut that up. I don't think I'm going to cut it because it is the spooky season, and we we still may be doing a spooky bonus episode. Who knows? Spooky. Spooky. We might want to live live a little bit deliciously, you know. That one? That one. It is the Halloween movie. Or are we? Dun dun dun. SEO dictates that we would do another one that we have. But we, we will see. We will see what ends up coming up. Into what if we did a poll? What if we did a poll? Poll. But that would ruin the spooky surprise. No, no one's going to check the poll after they voted it anyway. Mm. Assuming I, they voted in it. We'll see. Anyway, this movie, this movie, which you've already said a lot about. I mean, I like I like the work that they did with the exposure during the uh, the car scene specifically. I thought that was great. Cut, uh, kind of dissolving back and forth between Eddie's perspective and Hobie's perspective. I thought that was a lot of fun. We've already addressed the problems that we have with this movie, which are like no women, no people of color. I forgot about all the water ballet people, but they only—they were only they're there for that women. one. They're all white women, and they're—they were there to be pretty. I did read though that is like a, an LA-based like synchronized swimming group. Oh really? Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> and all the sets they had to make for this movie. I think something that was a lot of fun was the juxtapositions that they made between like the glamour of the the glamorous image that Hollywood is trying to portray and like was trying to sell. And the reality. I think that was a lot of fun because you had, um, well, I mean, the the one that comes into it particularly is Scarlett Johansson calling her mermaid tail her fish ass. <laughs> I, thought, uh. I thought that was a really funny part. I really, really loved Ray, Ray Fiennes as L- Lawrence Lorenz. Man. It's, it's Lawrence. It's Lawrence. The, the, the funniest scene in the movie, obviously, being when he's trying to teach Hobie how to not speak Hi. in his Western accent. And it's... It's it's almost like a string of funny vignettes, which makes sense because this is... Even, even with the central plot of the communist kidnapping that Burt Gurney, Channing Tatum, has like set up, even with that central thread, it's still kind of just a look at... A little more than 24 hours in the life of this character, Eddie Mannix. And I think it does a good job. It's a good picture of it. And maybe that's why my dad didn't necessarily like it. Because it's not necessarily a specifically linear plot driven movie. It's absolutely character driven. Mm -hmm. But you know me. I love character movies. I love movies that let you just hang out with these creations. And like see what they're doing. And get looks at them. I mean that's why I love Roma. Like. Roma, oh. like, relished in its characters and its scenery. I think we're going to have to do that one. Took once we long get to observations. Them. Yeah. No, I... I that's one Can that you I buy Roma? Have. 
I don't think I... I think you can. I, I want to get a physical copy of it. These Netflix movies have me confused. Yeah. But we could absolutely purchase it. someone please explain this to me? Just tweet, thread if you can, me. If you can buy Stranger Things in a Blu-ray case that's made to look like an 80s VHS... True, true, true. Then I should be they able... They are all about the monies. ...to buy Roma... In, in a tomato. A film canister is what I was going to say. <laughs> now, I mean, who are we kidding? It's almost certainly going to get a Criterion Collection release. Like, that would make sense, because the other Coron movie I have... You know, we have Gravity, and we have Prisoner of Azkaban, which are just in normal DVD cases. But, you know, we have Itumama Tom Vienna in the Wait, Criterion we have, case. We have Azkaban separately than the... No, it's... Okay, oh. Azkaban is in the eight-movie collection. You're... you're joshing around here i am joshing around a little bit but i would love to have like a special edition of roma oh yeah. that would be so nice maybe i'll ask for that for christmas <laughs> we're at the age where we don't get presents for christmas anymore well we can we get presents but they're not off of lists <laughs> it's a it's a fun time don't don't grow old yeah don't grow or up is our, is our advice to you don't get married. Oh, get married. It's that's the, when the day presents, after our anniversary. That's when the We're recording stop. this the day after our anniversary. Merry-versary to us. Merry-versary to us. We're just I'm talk- very tired. We're just talking through this drink, aren't we? Martini! <laughs> it's usually Archie's job. It is usually Artemis's job. I'm leaving this in so people have to understand no. what we go through producing Don't podcasts. Do it. At the Pocket Podcast Network's Atlanta branch, is that if we don't remember to put the dog water up, one of the dogs will certainly take the big drink. And that goes to 30 seconds lost to time. I think we're at about the end of the episode. All right, uh, folks. Um, what would you How many? Oh, we got to rate it. How many spaghetti lassos? Up. How many spaghetti lassos? 2.9. 2.9? Yeah. Short of a three. Yeah. It's lacking. I, I enjoy it, and I see why it's fun, and, and I like, like the it. higher concept of it, but enjoyability-wise, it's not it's not my, like, favorite, and I probably wouldn't pick it out if I was just trying to, like, look for a movie to watch. Yeah. Well, this is... We're going to be kind of far apart on this one, because this is one of my favorite movies, but oh. that's for a lot of... <laughs> For a, for a variety of reasons. I give this one a four. Easily. Easily. I think wow. the ensemble works well together. I think the writing's tight. I think the editing is fantastic. And I think... I I love satires, though. And that 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 has a lot to do with it. Like, it's... It gets my kind of humor. Like, Yeah, exactly. it's a little dry for most people. Mm-hmm. I also really love Tilda Swinton. I like Josh Brolin. I like George Clooney. Like, it's like... It's just a lot of my favorite people, like, favorite actors who making hay out of a really good script you know and it's got that breakout performance from alden ehrenreich like outstanding i love this film it's so good okay well so, what was i what do we what do we do next well <laughs> h is for halloween so our next movie will probably what? be a spooky H's- film halloween town 2 no 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 <laughs> Hocus pocus. I draw the line at Disney Channel original movies. Listen. <laughs> what, do you think we're getting Disney Plus early or something? Maybe. I'm sure there's some way. 
God. Could enter some Our kind of contest. Our next watch podcast is just going to be to watch every single property on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> That'd be incredible. I will die. I will absolutely die. If anyone wants die. to co-host this. Just just end my life now. We will watch them all. We're part of the Pocket Podcast Network. Our theme music is by the Organ Machines. It's Oil Waves off their oh, first Oh, they just EP. came out with a single last week. They did just release a new single. Um, well, I guess it'll be two weeks by the time It would have been this. two weeks by the time this podcast comes out. It's called The Silent Scream. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I would check that yeah, out check for that. sure. Yeah, check that. Spotify. Yeah, follow them on Spotify. The stats matter, people. Um, our lovely friend also has his own little... New band thing. Yeah, a fuse. Uh, a they fuse. released a new single. Is called... it a fuse or a fuse? I'm not sure. A fuse, right? I think it's a fuse. Um, and the single is called Overgrowth. Yeah. And it's also very good. So check that out for sure. Um, other podcasts include uh, Sorted, which we have a promo for earlier in the episode. Um, Steampunks, Simultaneous Catch, which is running right now. And, uh, you know, little. I'm not going to let in too much of the secret, but you uh, should uh, definitely, in the coming month, in the coming month, you should definitely keep. Are you allowed to say this on the no dice, uh, the no dice feed, and the and the uh, steampunk feed. I mean, you should be anyway. You should be anyway. They're very good shows, but you should keep an eye on those feeds in particular for a certain surprise that might be happening soon, and keep an eye on ours as well. All right, but until. Next time, I'm John. And I'm Bethany. This is Home Viewing. Don't buy any more DVDs. It's never how you knew it. Nobody looks at it that way but you. We all saw drowning, but you were the one with the blood on your hands. Saying I never saw that Pocket Podcast Network. Quality programming right to your pocket.